Good morning. Welcome to the live stream worship service of Mayflower Church. We are thrilled to be with you in this holy and virtual space. I am the Reverend Ruth Bell Olson, and along with Reverend Dr. Jonathan White, we are serving as your interim pastoral team. It is August, and we are excited about the opportunities we have this month as a congregation. First, if you have a family member that is involved in our faith formation journey, please note there is a popsicle drive-through. It's going to be happening in our circle drive this Tuesday from 1 to 3. Second, our in-town mission trip is scheduled for August 13 and 15. We will be partnering with New City Kids on a few projects they have planned for us on their property. This is not just a youth project. This is a mission initiative for everyone. So please check our website for ways you can get involved. Musically, we have some exciting days ahead as we partner with musicians from the Grand Rapids Symphony. They will be both in our upcoming worship services and for video projects you will find on our social media pages. As always, we have oodles of content and resources for you via our website, Facebook, Instagram, and our YouTube channel. So now let us prepare for this morning's worship. As we prepare our spirits for our worship time together, please join me in the call to worship. God of compassion and restoration, you will not forget us. Like a mother and her child, your care for us is complete. We put our hope in you. We shout for joy at your goodness. Come, let us worship.
Everlasting arms to whom our praises ring. Prepare us this day to see you anew. May we feel your mother love for us, and may this empower us to love others. Amen. Scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 49, verses 8 through 16a. Thus says the Lord, in a time of favor I have answered you. On a day of salvation I have helped you. I have kept you and given you as a covenant to my people to establish the land, to apportion the desolate heritages, saying to the prisoners, come out, and to those who are in darkness, show yourselves. They shall feed along the ways, on all the bare heights shall be their pasture. They shall not hunger or thirst. Neither scorching wind nor sun shall strike them down. For he who has pity on them will lead them, and by springs of water will guide them. And I will turn all my mountains into a road, and my highways shall be raised up. Lo, these shall come from far away, and lo, these from the north and from the west, and these from the land of Syene. Sing for joy, O heavens, and exult, O earth. Break forth, O mountains, into singing. 
For the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on his suffering ones. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child or show no compassion for the child of her womb? Even these may forget. Yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second scripture reading this morning is Psalm 131. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. 
but I have calmed and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child with its mother, my soul is like the weaned child that is with me. O Israel, hope in the Lord, from this time on and forevermore. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, open our ears that we may hear, our eyes that we may see, our minds that we may think and critically analyze, our hearts that we may be filled with compassion, and our hands so that when we leave this worship, we leave in service. In the name of the Christ, amen. How do you picture God? Some people do this literally, and they see a masculine image. Indeed, Jesus used the phrase Abba, a familiar Aramaic term for Father. And in the Synoptic Gospels, the Lord's Prayer uses the word Pateras, or Father. Others look at God as a metaphor, understanding that the Lord is so great, we can only describe characteristics of God and not come to the definite conclusion. Two theologians use a very gentle metaphor. Marcin Reinstra, in a wonderful book called Swan Song, talks about the Psalms from a perspective of a woman. And Marty sees a feminine God, a mother God, a God who throws her arms around us and can never stop loving us, a mother who comforts us when we hurt, a mother who rejoices with us when we rejoice, a mother who finds us when we're lost. Matthew Fox, in his book, Original Blessing, looks at the cosmos as a mother. He says the cosmos has given us birth. It is a great mother. He makes fun of Rene Descartes' phrase, I think, therefore I am. And the mother cosmos laughs and says, I create, therefore you are. There are many feminine references in Scripture. Very strong women. Deborah, a judge of ancient Israel, saves Israel and rules wisely. She convinces Barak, to go and defeat the Philistines. Yael, when the Philistine general flees, assassinates him and assures Barak's victory. Many strong women accompany Jesus. Mary, the mother of Jesus, important in the early church 
and in some uh, of our denominations, almost deified today. Mary Magdalene, who in the Western Church, unfortunately, is pictured as a prostitute. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says she was possessed by seven demons, and Jesus cured her. Mary, the mother of James, Joanna, Susanna, and many, many other women who accompanied and financed Jesus' ministry. There is a power in using a metaphor and thinking of the feminine attributes of God. Dr. Lynn Jappinga, professor of religion at Hope College, looks at today's reading from Isaiah and says there's an interesting transformation. This passage comes after the suffering servant song, and the suffering servant is a male. And there's a transformation in today's reading. That transformation talks about God as a mother, a mother who will never forget her child. And then the voice of God shifts where God becomes as a mother who is nursing the child. Japhika writes, Envisioning God as a mother, as Isaiah does, offers a profoundly intimate picture of the divine as sheltering, nurturing, and giving birth to a child, then feeding and caring for it. It goes against our assumptions of a distant, demanding, and punishing God. God is both approachable and mysterious. The feminine image makes God approachable. Japhinga says, like Psalm 139, this is a God who loves us so much that we can never escape her love. She concludes, metaphors never capture the fullness of God, but they speak a profound truth about God a God who will never give up on God's people. Japhikin says, we belong to a mother who will never let us go. Dr. Joel Lemon, professor of Old Testament at the Chandler School of Theology at Emory University, talks about Psalm 131. And he says that this is the voice of an ancient Israelite woman. And it's not a voice of meekness. In the phrase in the psalm that, that goes, I, occupy, I do not occupy myself with things too high and great or marvelous for me. You may think of this as a shrinking violet, a woman who's, okay, I'm going to let the others take care of this. Uh, that's too important for me. That's not what that means at all. The Hebrew word is halakhtai which means I will not walk around with busyness. I'm not going to occupy myself with the mundane. I'm coming to the important. It's like Mary and Martha. As Martha moved around and Mary realized she was in the presence of Christ. So she sat in silence at Jesus' feet and experienced the holy. The metaphor 
is a metaphor of a child weaned from God who can sit still and listen. Lemon says a child can benefit from a mother's presence. A child can be supported by mom. A child can learn from her. And most importantly, a child can embrace mom and be embraced by a mother. The picture's unfamiliar, Lemon says, because we usually picture God as a man. But he says, all our pictures are merely metaphors. He concludes that when Psalm 131 is used in worship, we should select hymns written by women, composers who have composed songs by women, and we should emphasize the power of the feminine in our world. Have you had a nurturing mother or a very strong, wonderful female presence in your life that has comforted you, that has cared for you, that has nourished you, that has guided you? What images do those bring to your mind? How does your soul feel when you recall those images? I think of my mom, and I think of all the times she guided me, times when I thought I was a loser, times when I thought I couldn't go on anymore times when I thought too much of myself. A mom had nicknames for all of us. And it's the difference between Michigan and West Virginia. Everybody around church calls me Jonathan. If I heard Jonathan or Jonathan Randall as I was growing up, and it was from mom, I was in trouble. I was usually John Randall because we have to have two names in West Virginia, or Johnny. Then I knew I was okay. But she also had these nicknames for us. My little brother, 13 years younger than me, unexpected, a wonderful surprise, became Dumpling. My younger sister, who came to kindergarten and her early elementary school years, As LBJ was president, mom liked LBJ, my sister became Ladybird. I was the oldest. My grandfather used to tell long, funny stories. In fact, when I think of my grandfather, all I can think about is laughing at his stories. Well, that's not true. I also think of how much he loved me, how much he taught me, and how much I valued him, and how much I try to be like him. His stories always involved a protagonist who had the West Virginia name of Jake Ho Handel. And you guessed it, that was Mom's nickname for me, Jake 
whole handle. When she was dying, the night before my mom passed away, I recall her taking my hand in the hospital room and putting both her hands around it. She said, Jake, I'm so proud of you. The next time I saw her was about 7 o'clock the next morning. As I walked in the room, I heard the death rattle. She had breathed her last. Two months later, I was ordained here at Mayflower in 1992. Mom couldn't be here, but I still felt those two hands wrapped around mine and those words that will never leave me. Jake, I'm so proud of you. What characteristics do you imagine in God? Are they masculine? Are they feminine? Are they both? How do they bring you comfort? In the name of God the Creator, God the Christ, and God the Abiding Spirit. Amen. As we explore the feminine images of God today, thank you, Jonathan, for doing that. It allows us to expand our language, to expand our vision and our understanding of God. The first piece that came to mind when I saw Jonathan would preach on this was a wonderful anthem by Bobby McFerrin, who you may know from Don't Worry, Be Happy from decades ago. Bobby McFerrin is so much more than that. He's had an amazing, eclectic musical career, first singing with the Ice Follies and then in the New Orleans fusion jazz scene. He has collaborated with Yo-Yo Ma and with Chikoria and uh, has served as the creative chair of the St. Paul Chamber Orchestra, He's conducted the Chicago Symphony, the L.A. Philharmonic, and the St. Louis Symphony. And he composes. This piece came about after a rehearsal with a vocal group. He was rehearsing in a church, and there was a conversation about the patriarchal language in church and in religion in general. And at that time... Bobby McFerrin was, uh, had a daily exercise when he woke up, before he did anything, to compose. And um, the Psalms being one of his favorite parts of the Bible, he said he read them all, all the time, decided to take Psalm 23 
and compose a piece in the form of an Anglican chant, which was familiar to him from growing up in the Episcopal Church, and just singing that psalm using a female gender. What that does is open our mind and our understanding to a new way of seeing God. So I invite you to listen. You might hear it and say, finally, we have some new language. Or you might listen to it and say, what have they done to my old Psalm 23? Either way, just open your heart and your mind to this new way of exploring this psalm. Now is the time when we pause and reflect on the generosity of God and how we can respond in a similar spirit. All we have comes from above. Help us to hold lightly to our possessions and hold on tightly to the things that really matter, our love for God and our love for each other. As we prepare for today's offering, please know that there are many ways for you to give. You are welcome to mail a gift to the church or bring a gift to the locked locked box found under our portico. You are also encouraged to give online through the link in the emailed bulletin, our website link, or you can always text the word GIVE to the number 616-344-6255 right from your phone. The ongoing ministry of Mayflower depends on your generosity, and we thank you.
We praise you, Lord, for your unending love and provision. Your care and concern for us is tremendous. We lift up our gifts, tithes, and offerings to you, and we pray that they are a blessing to our community and beyond as we seek to serve and worship you with all of our hearts. Amen. for this table. We are astonished at the invitation for us to remember all you have done for us and the invitation to celebrate our new life in you. You provide for us and you feed us bodily food, but you also feed our souls. 
We invite your spirit with us today. We thank you for this spirit that moves in mysterious ways in and through us as we gather here at this bountiful table. And Lord, please particularly be with us today as we process what is happening in the world. There is so much uncertainty and fear, but help us to be people of faith and hope. Help us to radiate joy and help us as we pray the words you taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. On the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took the bread. After he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Ministering to you in the name of Jesus Christ, we offer you the sacrament of Christ's broken body. In her house there is a table richly laid with bread and wine. blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. When you eat this bread and drink from this cup, you are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes again. This is the feast of God for the people of God. Ministering to you in the name of Jesus Christ, we offer you the sacrament of his blood spilled out for you.
Precious Lord, how can we begin to say thank you? As we remember what you have done for us, let our hearts be overflowing with gratitude. You open your hand, the palms of which you have engraved us on, and you satisfy our desires. So we desire you. We desire life with the living Christ. We are renewed and redeemed today, and we thank you. Amen. Darkness far beyond our sea. 
in the vote from our church council to ordain the Reverend Ruth Bell Olson, my parting words were, I can't wait to receive communion from her for the first time. It was better than I thought. Thank you. Children of God, as you go from your homes or from wherever you're watching this, whether you're on top of the world or the world is on top of you, remember this. Our metaphors for God aren't great enough. As last week's psalmist wrote, such knowledge is too high. It is so high, I cannot attain it. So sit in comfort in the mystery and know that you are loved. You are loved beyond your imagination. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.